Hi guys, welcome to the Joywell Conversations. I'm your host, Chisara Asamoga, and on today's episode, I'm in conversation with my good friend, Crystal McCreary, who I've known since our days at Stanford University. On this episode, we get into some of the things that have sustained us as Black women in America. We also get into mindfulness, yoga, because you know, Crystal is an amazing yoga instructor, and how to be more present in our own lives. So with that, let's get into the joy well. So today we are joined by Crystal McCreary, who is an actor, yoga and mindfulness educator, health educator, speaker, writer, and the author of The Little Yogi Deck, which is in collaboration with the Bala Kids, uh, which is a part of the Penguin Random House Publishing Group. She is so cool. In a world that fractures the inherent wholeness of body, mind, and spirit, she creates brave spaces to connect, heal, cultivate, resilience, and foster liberation for young and old alike. After graduating with a BA in African and African American Studies from her alma mater, Stanford University, chocolate carton, okay. (laughs) Embarked on the journey of a lifetime, taking her all over the world and most importantly, back into herself. Her professional development workshops, trainings, and retreats emphasize self-care as the gateway to social justice, compassionate communities, sustainability, and collective healing in this world. She is such a bright life. Crystal, hi. Welcome to the Joywell Conversations. Thank you, Chisar. Oh my God, I love that intro. You just, that brought me joy. Yes! The way you read it, I was like, oh wow, she sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, that's me. (laughs) You're the best. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much. It brought me joy to read it because I'm looking at it, I'm like, yes, badass. Yes, that's right. The Joy Well Conversations. I love it. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to I dig right in, okay? There's so much um, about our paths, I think, that align, and some of the themes are similar. This desire to heal, to strengthen mind, body, and spirit, like I read earlier, but also to tell stories, using the body and the voice as an instrument to do so. Can you talk a little bit about how you came into this awareness and this path that you're on right now? Girl, yeah, you know, I am struck every day by how I feel like I've done a million things, but they've all had the same like unifying thread, which is, you know, how the heck do I find a way to free all this energy, all this potential, all this creativity, all this light, all this love, right? And when I was young, you know, a lot of people don't believe this, but when I was really little, like I was really kind of shy and like terrified. Like I I would say, I'm not a clinical psychologist or anything, but I would definitely like probably put myself in the category of having a mild anxiety disorder as a kid. Wow. Extremely like, you know, paralyzed. Yeah. Often. And, you know, and I think a lot of it had to do with, First of all, being an empath, like being yes. very sensitive and very perceptive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and from a very early age, like I remember observing things that didn't make sense, but they really like stirred up a lot of emotion in me, whether it was like me, like feeling with someone else, you know, like a, a, a sibling, a loved one or someone that I knew, a friend at school, something like I remember like being able to feel really like 
very intimately whatever was going on with them and when you're young you know it's hard to kind of create boundaries for yourself yeah like distinguishing like okay that's too much emotion let me step away let me or maybe that's information my, my little you know four-year-old brain is is not developed enough right. to make right. like you don't know how to do those things so when i was young because i felt so overwhelmed mm-hmm. by feeling right all this this huge emotional life my my little brain at that age was like just put a cap on it you know like and interestingly enough like i'm so grateful that i had the parents i had because i was also a mover right and like my mom would say like when she when i walked like i walked you know kind of sleuthed with my feet turned out and um so she thought oh she likes to move. She walks with her feet turned out. That's how ballet dancers walk. So let me get her into ballet. What? Are you serious? Wait, pause. Yeah. She was. She paid that much attention to how, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, she was very, yeah. Wow. But, but, but you know, one of the things I really appreciate about my mom now, you know, that I probably took for granted, like we all do, you know, when we're young about our parents, like we take things for granted. But I appreciate that she, she really played this role of like, just being a guide. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, who is this person I'm raising? How do I help her figure out who she is so she can be that in the world? Right. As opposed to, this is my child. I want my child to like be these things and do these things. That's that was revolutionary, right? That's so revolutionary. I mean, that was some serious That's like, parenting. yes, exactly, exactly. Right? <laughs> Luckily, even though I had all this anxiety, mm-hmm. You know, I had parents who made sure I was active and I was always physically active. Like I would, you know, did ballet from an early age. And so, you know, pretty much did that my whole life. Um, I still pop into ballet classes and take, you know, we've been taking a Broadway day or steps, steps on Broadway, but online quarantine girl. So that was kind of like Mm. the big first step in the things you just asked me about. Like, like, how did you come to this path? Like movement, I've always been a mover. I've needed to move. I did gymnastics when I was a kid because um, I got really into the 19 girl. I shouldn't even say because it'll give my age away, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm like watching y'all young. Black don't crack. <laughs> you know, like I think they may have been Mary Lou Retton, and I was like, she was this amazing gymnast. It was my first. Maybe it was my first, the first Olympics I ever really like took in and appreciated. Yeah. And we had this rolled up carpet, you know, that was on its way to the cleaners in our uh-huh. foyer, and it was rolled up. And, and I just would like walk on it like a beam. And I was like, and then Mary Lou Rett, my mother was like, oh, we gotta get her in gymnastics. <laughs> you know? So for me, like those things, those initial pathways yeah. have always been guideposts, right? They've always helped me remember that my body is actually a powerful resource. What I'm doing with my body can shift my state. It can help yes. me discharge stress. It can make me just have greater confidence as I tackle, you know, challenging, you know, physical things even, you know, I, I, I sang in the chorus in my school. I, I, this was like in the day, like back when public schools were outstanding in America. We had like a really good public education. Remember when we used to take facts and opinion? This is a little aside. Sweetie, look, girl, I have had such a revelation about those quizzes. Because when I was a kid, I'd be like, these are the stupidest, easiest quiz. I always get 100%. Why do they always ask us? And now. Now. Now you see why. 
alternative facts and yes. like, that's why we were learning how yes. to discern fact from opinion yes. true versus false yes. and we were getting prepared <laughs> we were getting prepared. But they don't teach like that anymore apparently <laughs> knows how to critically think. okay okay let me just reading me comprehension just... is out the window <laughs> like, okay critical thinking like yeah. hello makes like, no sense life skill <laughs> <laughs> plainly yes <laughs> So, you know, I, I, during, you know, as I aged, yeah. you know, I, I definitely like, in, I started to excel in school and the more you excel in school, yeah. the more attention gets put you on get you. I was yep. starting to ask to be like, you know, people were like suggesting my advisors and things were like, su suggesting that I like run for student leadership. And I was yeah. just like, mm. you know, so, so <laughs> but, but I all, but I was kind of like using my voice. <laughs> I can just see you doing that. Because <laughs> I still had that like internal programming of like my instant response right. to everything was like, no. Yeah. But, but you know what? Hmm. The funny thing is, is every time that like I would say, I can't do that. I can't do that. Or like I would see something like somebody attempting something that I yeah. thought was really like courageous. I'd say, oh, I could never do that. I kid you not, girl. There was wow. something about my life path. Like life would just say, oh, you can't? Boom. Here you go. There right? Every time. Yes. Every time. That yep. actually happened to me. So I was dancing. And I remember this one, we had this drama teacher come from New York and do mm -hmm. like direct us at a play in middle school. Oh, and he great. found out that I was a ballet dancer. Girl, you know, he made me do my first solo ever in life. This brother from New York. Are you serious? I had never done that before. And then I think about it. He was angry that none of those other people that he had worked with, that he was working with from our school told him that. And I look back and I'm like, he was advocating for me. Yes, he was. As a black girl because all the other girls who were doing ballet were like, you know, white, white students. So anyway, I look back at that and I've had these moments where people saw my potential. Yes. They, they saw were, you. They were like, you need to do this. Yes. Yeah, I'll be by your side. You got it. You know? Oh. And so I just, you know, like, it's like, and that's how you build resiliency. Yeah. That's how you build your confidence, right? It's like yeah. you, you take a risk, maybe yeah. you fall, but you figure out how to get back up. Yeah. And then you, you try, the, the next risk is a little easier to take or, or you know, if you have support. And so over time, mm -hmm. you know, the dancing led to, and the singing in chorus, which was, you know, always a group singing. Yeah. But I loved to sing. Like I, I, you know, you sing. Girl. Yes. You know, feels good. Like it's just, girl. You want to talk about joy, what mm. brings you right? Like singing feels good. I might be belting it out and sound crazy. But right? Like <laughs> earlier today, I was doing something from the Wiz. Believe in yourself, girl. Um, I know the neighbors were like, "What is she doing?" Yes, I'm believing in myself today. <laughs> but you had joy. You had you tasted that joy, and there's nothing like it, right? It's super exhilarating. Um, so I started to. So that that was another example. Like in high school. Yeah. Um, somebody, my advisor was like, why don't you take some singing lessons? And I was like, okay. And they had private singing lessons. So I started singing privately and doing solos and I was starting to hear my voice and I was like, oh, this is fun. Oh my and God. I was again, terrified of. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In front of people. So, uh, you know, but she had, she would have all of her students do these little mini concerts, but just for each other. Mm -hmm. And that helped me, you know, boost my confidence. So then one day, you know, I'm singing, I'm dancing. These are my things that I do on the side, always on the side for fun. Yeah. Um, one day I'm dancing. This is at Stanford, actually. I was in uh, Robert Moses's um, dance class. And at oh. that point, 
dancing in his company in the city in San Francisco. Yeah. So I was still in college, but I was dancing in his company mm-hmm. with, with actually Danielle Colding was. was oh my his, God! Yes. Um, now Sakota um, uh-huh. was also there. To a couple people, like a few of us, he plucked from his dance classes, wow. and, and we're like, "You need to be, you know, in my company." So again, that was an example. Somebody saw my potential. They yeah. just opened the door. Yeah. I walked through the door, and I was like, "Oh." Here we go. I guess I'm doing this thing now. Yes. Um, and again, all these things were profoundly anxiety yeah. producing. Yeah. But I knew, part of me knew that I had to lean in, right? Yeah, right. And, you know, for my own growth and own benefit. And mm-hmm. so by the time I was in college, later in college, yeah. this um, st- um, student, a PhD student at Stanford in the drama um, and directing program, mm-hmm. Venus Opal Reese, she saw me dancing in Robert's class. And she said, I want you to come and be in my play. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and she said, she's, and, and she said, you realize you're an artist, don't you? Mm. Mm. And, and I was like, I am. She said, why are you not giving yourself permission? What? What? Art? Mm. Yeah. So she's like, why are you not giving yourself permission to own who you are? It's just a matter of giving yourself permission. She said, it's already there. You know, imagine if you just gave yourself permission to mm. just do it. Yeah. So she put me in this play. She had me dancing, moving, singing, talking, all the things. And it was fun. It was great. But again, it was still like, you know, it's just like right. this thing you know, on the side. Right. And then that summer after college, mm-hmm. I was still dancing with Robert and he knew the um, choreographer of um, uh, a musical that was going to be happening at, um, what was it called? Uh, Mountain View, Mountain View Theater. Okay. Okay. Mountain View Theater? No, it had another name, Child. Oh, Theater Works. (laughs) There we go. Theater Works in Mountain View, California. Right, got it. Right down the street from Stanford. A regional theater there. And um, so it was all mostly all black production of the musical version of A Raisin in the Sun. And girl, let me, when I tell you, I had the, you want to talk about joy? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, that summer was the best summer. Like when I look back, like in those years, those early adulthood years, that was one of the best summers of my wow. life. Wow. I'm I jealous had, actually. Wow. That's amazing. So eventually, you know, I was teaching elementary school. So that was my summer between st- senior year and you know life after Stanford. Life after, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I w- went to teaching elementary school in East Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. And then you know, they, this theater company just kept calling me back season after season oh, to do shows. And finally, you know, I actually went on in a lead role. And when I tell you, okay, first of all, I had no idea that I was like, I had good comic timing. Everybody in this production was like, you are so funny and you are da 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 And I was like, I am? I don't even know what that means. I was like, I don't even know what that means. So I, I, I was like, well, maybe I should learn what that means. Maybe yeah. I should actually take an acting class. Yeah. And so for me, like this whole process, this whole journey, which has obviously taken a while to describe, yeah. I feel it's really the sort of evolution of one clear thing. It's like one me coming into my authenticity, like my authentic self. Yeah. And 
part of that included literally learning how to use my voice, yeah. right? In the doing of that, mm-hmm. I gained more confidence about how to speak in my, you know, African-American, you know, in law class, right. seminar at Stanford, or, you know, like I learned how to, I felt more confident, like speaking my truth. There's something about being human in this particular world, particularly at this time, that is profoundly fragmenting to our sense of our wholeness, right? And we, we are bodies, we are minds, we are hearts, we are spirits, we, and these elements get really harmed mm-hmm. individually and collectively yeah. as we interface things like, you know, racism. Yes. And, and, and equitable, you know, capital-centric economic system, um, healthcare systems that are inequitable, uh, education that's not mm-hmm. equitable. Like all of the systems, like, you know, the, the criminal justice system, yes. the foster yes. care system, like all the, you know, all the things that we're, we have to, live inside yeah. of yeah they're they're inherently fragmenting right mm-hmm. so coming into wholeness and me you know and, and which is you know so for my money it's hard to use your authentic voice if you're not connected to your your sense of your own you know complete, completeness as a human so part of that journey you know along that way mm-hmm. you know it, I, I leaned on tools like yoga yeah right? Yeah. To help my body recover from yes. dance rehearsal. I leaned on, you know, things like meditation mm-hmm. to help me process and release the stress of holding space for children yeah. who, you know, lived in one of the most oppressed, you know, uh, mm-hmm. inner cities in America. Right, right. You know, I, le- I leaned on practices that were both embodied mm-hmm. and contemplative. Yes. yes. Right? I also majored in African African American studies. Right. And that in and of itself was a way to study me. Thank you. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of us intellectuals or, or, or folks who have gone on to like higher education and beyond are like literally just researching themselves, especially black women. Like if you talk to black and brown skinned women, what are they doing? They are basically studying themselves. How is it that I'm making it through this fragmentedness that you were talking about with right. and surviving? And, and being resilient. And, and it's funny, one of your videos, you talked about post-traumatic growth. I was like, that was my entire research and fellowship. Like, yes. how, because I want to know how I made it through. <laughs> like, and then how can I help somebody else? Yes. And isn't that interesting? Because I also want to say that that's a feature of Black womanhood. That it's, we go from, let me help myself to, oh, right. how can I impact my community? Thank you. It's not like, it's I am because we are. Yes. yes. There is this really key understanding that as we get well, we can only be as well as our community and the people around us. Our relationships. If, if we are not well, our relationships aren't going to be well. Right. If, if we are well, our relationships have the potential to be well. Right. Like we're seeing all this fragmentation, all this polarization in our politics, in our, you know, all Everywhere. the things. Everywhere. Because we are yes. kind of a hot mess up in here. Thank we come from a hot mess. Let's just keep Thank it real. You. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Which is funny because you talk politics, we ourselves, and then yeah. the earth on top of it. Yeah. Right? Like fires, whether it's fires, earthquakes, a pandemic, like, you know, a, 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 an infectious diseases pandemic. It's like, hmm, I feel like this is a, a period of a wake up call, a, a real conscious 
wake up call. And I feel like the only, the only solution, and I've said this for years, and I don't know if it's because of my background in ministry or what, but like it is going to take more than a political or social revolution. There's got to be a spiritual revolution too. Like without it, we're done. We, we worked on the policy. Mm-hmm. We changed a lot of great laws in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. But the thing we did not work on, and we mm-hmm. still have yet to work on, is the spiritual. You're yeah. Right. The, 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 um, our, 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 the, the capacity that we have within us to, to live into truth, into yes. love, into liberation. Like, you know, you can be whatever religion you want. Yes, exactly. All, all of them are trying to help us aspire to truth and love and freedom, right? When you really look at all these different philosophical, you yes. know, and or religious traditions, mm-hmm. at the core is truth. It's these core, it's, it's like, it's like the, what gives our life meaning. Yes. Literally, like Precisely. we're for love and connection. Yeah. And people will try to say we're not, right? They'll be like, no, because our instincts are to like survive and survival of the fittest. And I'm like, yes, but that's only if we perceive that there's not enough. And if we perceive the people around us as others. Yes. Shift the narrative, like we're connected because that is the actual truth, Mm -hmm. right? If we shift the narrative to, you know, we're connected, We we are in a human family. Then, then, then our capacity for love and our, that, that thing that we're born with makes so much sense. You know, it creates this, this conditioning, this, this container that we're inside. It's just like, it, 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 may, it starts to convince you that that's somehow not who we are. Yeah. That's right. like, there's no, there's not abundance. Like you were talking about scarcity. There's no abundance. You can only have if you do this or if you do that. And instead of just being you and half the time, most people don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. Which, which brings me to something that you said earlier about embodiment. Like, I love when you use that word. Like, you've, heard, you've said it a couple of times. Like, being embodied, right? Like, it's a big explain one. that. Explain that to us. Like, what, yeah. what do you mean by that? Because yeah. I have a sense, but... I, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, mm-hmm. this is like, I'm, 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 girl, to be honest, I'm like starting to write something on this. Yes! <laughs> you know, there's, there's a couple things, right? Like, we have a body. Yes. We have a mind, we have an intellect, right? And clearly these things are connected, but because of the way that we, are, we develop and what we sort of focus on and center, particularly mm. under the umbrella of, you know, of white supremacy, you know, we are often, we really kind of center rational thinking and the yes. mind and the intellect, and it tends to um, you know, dominate mm-hmm. our way of being. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, I recently was, um, who was I talking to? Somebody in the, my, my mindfulness community was sharing a story about working with a, um, a computer scientist who was so up in his head that he just, he literally, like it, trying to encourage him to become mindful of sensation in his body was a really foreign thing. He could not feel his toes. He could not feel the yeah. sensation of his breath because there's literal disembodiment, mm-hmm. right? We see this happening in our culture because we're so screen focused and we're yeah. so we're so out of our bodies. Yes. You know, yes. Part, partly this is because of our evolutionary wiring. You mm-hmm. know, our senses are designed yeah. to go out into the world, track our environment, give information back to our brain about how we should, you know, how what respond. we need to survive and yeah. respond. Right. But 
Most of us, because of our culture, Western culture, which emphasizes that sort of logical, rational, mm -hmm. prefrontal cortex, executive functioning, you know, element, because it's so focused on that. Yeah. Many of us do not, we, we, we don't learn how to turn our senses inward to become, become more intelligent so about what's happening within. Yes. Body so is a few things. It's like literally bringing awareness into the body. Yes. Yeah. Just being able to feel your body. Yeah. Yeah. The sensations mm. in, in your body. Mm. Right. But also it is, and this is, this is this uh, the other part of I think social justice activism, right? Yes. That I think is a is a is often a missing piece, which is mm -hmm. how can we live our values if we ourselves are not an embodiment of them, right? Somebody so, say it. Yeah. Look, He's like, you, you want, you, we want all these things out here, you know, but like, if like, we want, we, we want people to be kind to each other. We want to yeah. eradicate racism. We want to do yeah. all these things. But it's like, if you're not an embodiment of compassion and empathy, right? If you don't know how to connect with your yes. own self, yes. body, right. if, you don't have, if you don't practice self-love for your Thank own you. body, how can you, how can you expect that to live outside of you in the world, how can you expect it to be an expression in your relationships? How can you expect it to be an expression yes. in the, our policy, our legislation? Thank you. How, so, so for me, embodiment That's is like, it. right? It's the difference between talking about being peaceful, yeah. yes. talking about being respectful, and yes. actually embodying yes. peace and love and respect. Yes. You know, some people, there's a lot of great figures. Yes. And when they come along, they, that's why they become our gurus and our, right. our all these things. Yes. Because we're like, oh. but it's mm -hmm. because they know how to embody right. who they say they are. Even Christ. I mean, like all of them, all of these people. The thing in I mean, common is they, they, they knew themselves. They knew their light. They owned it mm -hmm. and went, into the, went out into the world with it. And it wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to be that sometime. Yes. Yes. You know, there was this understanding of, there was this practice of integrity. Yeah. Oh. Like, I am my word. Mm. If, if I say peace and what comes out is violence, that's not of integrity. So what do I have to work on in myself to yeah. actually align, yeah. realign yeah. my truth, right? Mm -hmm. My truth so that it is an expressed Thing out in the world. I love that. I love that that also implies, embodiment also implies not having a filter. Because mm -hmm. I think when it comes to our, even our self-talk and whatnot, we often use filters to protect ourselves so that we don't have to do the internal work and to really love ourselves. To really love yourself is to know yourself, but dang, I don't really wanna know myself, therefore I don't really have to hold myself accountable to knowing anybody else, especially yeah. anybody who doesn't fit the mold that I think is mm -hmm. the norm yeah. or is part of my community, you know? Like, that's so important to me. There, there, was, there was something you said, I, I wanna go back a, a few minutes where you were talking about the guideposts. I just wanna underscore how incredibly beautiful and important it is for parents today, caretakers, guardians, whoever, educators, whoever is working with children 
to be the kind of example of adults who were in your life growing up. I cannot tell you how important, I'm gonna say it especially for the immigrant community, cause that is part of my home, you know, that's one of my communities. It's, it's that when you don't be so afraid that you, you, you quell your child's ability to see and know themselves. If you, if you see them writing, if you see them singing, if you see them walking with their toes out, like how your mom saw it, <laughs> be observant, not judgmental. Observe, like, I'm curious about that. What's going on here? Ask your kids about that or the, the kid that you're teaching or that you're nannying or whatever, because that makes such a huge difference in, in allowing a kid even to know what joy is. Like, they're having fun doing yeah. something? Don't squash it. That's but I want to go to your to uh, something that I read actually that you wrote. It was about yoga. I say I love yoga. Let me tell. Let me let me be honest. Let me show some integrity. <laughs> it is a love hate relationship. It's although it's, more, huh? <laughs> it's a little confronting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't I know it? Okay. That doesn't ever stop, by the way. It doesn't. Oh, God. <laughs> no. That right now, we're more on the love side. But it started, I'll tell you why there's a love-hate relationship. And then I'll read the, the definition that you wrote. Um, it, was, it was because I started doing yoga in residency. Mm. Um, I'd always been drawn to, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, non-Western um, modalities of healing and, and being, of being embodied. Even, even if I was in medicine and following, you know, sort of the Western practice, like I've always been into, you know, naturopathic medicine, holistic, what they used to call alternative medicine. Fine. Mm -hmm. So my butt thinks I'm going to go and do yoga in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, now, I, I might have been to that studio with Keith. You might have been to that studio. Oh my girl, God. Girl, girl. Oh, I can tell you stories, but without going into it, it was traumatic. Let's just put it that way, homie. It was, it was traumatic because in trying to do the poses, I would go in, I would just, it would just be, it would just be the, the teacher or the instructor always saying that I was doing something wrong. And I was comparing myself to bodies that didn't look like mine because I would be the, literally the only person who looked like me in there and having an instructor who didn't look like me, whether male or female, yeah. um, always white, never mm -hmm. anything else. And, and telling you that your downward dog is wrong. <laughs> you like, you can't do it. And I'm like, oh my God. So then I went to Bikram and I did that for a while. But then again, it was this very like exact, if you don't do it like this, you're sinning. It felt very much, and I use sinning on purpose, yeah. Because it felt very um, religious, fundamentalist. It was like, oh, my mm -hmm. God, if I'm not perfect, mm -hmm. I will never be perfect. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was that. Um, but then the pandemic happened. And I've been doing it off and on for like the last, I think I even talked to you a couple years ago when I broke my foot um, about like some Iyengar type yoga. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that. Um, and I found, I found peace again. But it's because I was with brown people. I kid you not. Like it made a complete difference. Like to this, I mean, I, I practice. Now I understand what it means to have a yoga practice and not just be doing it for exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like it, to me, it's not, about, it's not about exercise. And you described it as saying yoga means union, integration, wholeness, balance, and connection. 
right? And you were talking about how racism is now this, this agreement that we're all living in, right? And that, and that even then, so we live, breathe, and practice. I'm literally reading verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we don't mean to, these fragments in us. And yoga, I will tell you now, has saved my life, especially in this pandemic, has saved my effing life. I believe it. I'll, I'll just say this, yin, yin yoga is the, is the one that I'm doing now because, or the modality that I'm using now because, and specifically because I am wound, right? Mm-hmm. The pandemic just winds you up. Yeah. You're, 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 you're thinking of, you're like, oh, I gotta do, I gotta do. And yin is the worst for somebody who likes to be on the go. Because uh-huh. you're sitting in long poses, you know, like for three minutes, four minutes at a time, and you may feel uncomfortable and you have to start being with yourself. You meet yourself. Yes, girl, you meet yourself. You meet who you're made of. That's what you meet. What you meet what you're made of. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's powerful. It's so powerful. It is, girl. Listen, I could tell you stories. I yes. mean, it was, and it's funny because when I first started yoga, it was at the advice of a dancer friend. You wow. Know? We went to, actually, she was like, I think you'll really like this. Just come to a class with me. And I went. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is great. But it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting to understand why it was so hard because I knew I was athletic. I knew I was strong. I knew right. I was so <laughs> really hard. So, like, my curiosity mm-hmm. was like, oh, what is this? What's happening here? Yes. I want to understand this more. I also felt like balls afterwards. So it was like that thing, that thing I just did that was so uncomfortable. Like it had the effect of like completely transforming me. So how does that work? You know, like, let me keep going back and figure this out. But I will tell you, I did that for a long time. And, you know, I loved the noticing how one, it, it changed my dancing. Mm. a better dancer look at that um like i there was like an ease and a more spaciousness in the way that i moved and more breath i get that um you know i think before i had before yoga i kind of danced and approached dance like it was this thing to execute and get things right and occasionally i would really express myself (laughs) but like the yoga is actually what helped me literally find my authentic dancer self Mm. right Mm. and bring me to these performances so i was like this stuff was pretty magical, like, but it was still tied to something that I was trying to do or achieve, right? And then one day, yeah. I, I, I took this man's class, girl, and he had us in, do you know the post Double Pigeon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. No, I'm, I'm hurting already. <laughs> okay, girl, he had us in this pose for like five minutes, and I am not exaggerating. By the grace of all the spirits and the gods and the ancestors. Because look, girl, I was in that pose. <laughs> I'm telling you, but I'm not even kidding because I literally I, it. I felt like opening my hips in that way cracked open a portal to to feeling and having sensations that were so unbelievably overwhelming. And they it brought on like memories that actually were not even mine. Okay. And I was like, oh, yes. And, and, and it was like my body was keening. Mm. It was 
it was like my body was like giving like having this outpouring of like yes. Yes. you know this like like ancestral release and honey yes it was after that class this is when i was in grad school at this point i was in drama school so mm-hmm. i was in acting school all you know 13 or well, how many hours do we have a day like 13 12 13 15 hours a day right. you know you know you're in school all day then you're in rehearsal for production rehearsal in the evening yeah like i was like all up in it but i remember going to my voice class yeah. and doing a monologue and it was a monologue this character was really sensual and rich mm-hmm. and she's a powerful woman a very embodied character yes i needed to bring her sensuality and, and I needed to bring like a rich emotional dimension. And I kid you not, like I was, it was there. Like all that I needed for that role yeah. was like, it was just there. It was there. And so I was like, hold up. Like this yoga thing is yes. so deep. It is, it is dimensional. It is transcendental. So, you know, you want to talk about embodiment. Bodies hold, they hold the trauma of our ancestors. Our, our DNA changes based on the traumatic experiences that we have. And so that means that our ancestors have, pa- were, you know, have passed on whatever, you know, they, yeah. they, the experiences that they had. This is the missing piece. You know, when you talk about this sort of next phase for yes. us, a collective, you know, human family. Right. Did I answer your question? I feel like I just like went a whole <laughs> thing. At this point, I don't care because I am above the conversation to this point, you know, like it's just, it's, you know, like I'm having realizations as we're talking, like just things are opening up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, it's the synchronicity. I don't know if you've ever done the artist's way, but yeah, yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. like, I just, you see it, you see the synchronicity everywhere. And even this conversation is like the timeliness of it, right? Because, you know, we've been trying and today. At this moment, at this point, like it was meant to happen now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I, the, the, always trust, always trust. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Girl, look, <laughs> this is going to sound really funny, but like the other day I, I had been thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to see a dentist. Like I, I've got to, I've got to do all this because I am like the person who on the dot every six months needs to go and see a dentist. Well, I don't want to mess with these folks who, I, you know, I'm just being particular right now because we're in the midst of a pandemic. I go for a walk with one of my friends from uh, the studio and she just happens to start talking about, oh my gosh, I got hooked up with this very good dentist. You might actually know who he is. Um, you know, he did all this great work. And I was like, wait, I need a dentist. I was like, can you just pass on that number? Literally called the next day, got an appointment two days later, best dental experience in my entire life like please, please let me know who this is because i need one back yes I, I, will tell you, right I will tell you offline who this person is I was like i was like yes i was like every six i will fly to new york if i'm not here just to like yeah, I, I have I've had notoriously horrific experiences with dentists, and so I avoid them like the plague because i've just never had a good one I, I need a good one i'm always asking people to recommend one so anyway, yes, do that. So, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of us having having so many forces working against us in terms of our own liberation and to be free, just to be as a human being, you know, free on the street, free in your home, free in your bed, for goodness' sake, right? Like, what are what are three things that someone could 
begin to do now, especially our black and brown women or femmes, you know, who, whoever identifies, non-binary as well. Like, where can we start? You know, so during this pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, my yoga, my physical asana practice is definitely more about recovery mm-hmm. or repair or bringing my body into balance. It's not about exercise. Yes. There are, ele- there are exercise elements to yoga, but it's about, in, like, it's literally about like, okay, well, what does my body need right now mm-hmm. to get back to balance? It's not about like, let me work out. And the thing that has saved me is to walk, taking walks. Yeah. I just walk, girl. Mm-hmm. And if you are, you know, fortunate enough to have two legs that are functioning, yeah. girl, it don't cost nothing. You don't need no fancy clothes. You don't need any fancy athleisure, you know, gear from who and such. You know, you don't need to, like, break yourself financially to have the right outfit. You just go outside. Yeah. You just go outside and take a walk. There's an organization that I, I should probably shout out with regard to this because they have been about this walking thing for, you know, a few years now. They're called Girl Trek. And it's a huge social justice activism movement to, you know, support Black women. They have this massive movement of women who are a part of the Girl Trek movement who just walk 30 minutes a day. Okay. So I just want to put it out there. We do know that you, you're, you know, you're a medical professional. Right. So you know that walking is one of the best forms of exercise there is. And if you are someone who struggles with, you know, the idea of working out or you don't consider yourself a mover, Mm -hmm. right? You would be amazed at just what, what a transformative experience can be to get fresh air, put one foot in front of the other and just ambulate, just walk. Um, I would say start there because it's accessible it's really transformative you know and then the other thing i would say is um well you know consider the things that you do that involve movement that you really enjoy yeah if you're somebody who loves to to go dancing with your girlfriends and or you know your partner and just like go to a club and put on your favorite music or you put on your favorite music at your house because like make that a ritual right and and the way that you check in with your body and notice how do i feel today yeah. is always communicating what its needs are. So I would say, you know, listen to your, you know, what your joy mm-hmm. factor, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and also listen to what your body is telling you. Start to develop a relationship with your body mm-hmm. so that you know, you understand the language yeah. that it has. Yeah. And that connection is so key. I, I love that. I, I'm now thinking of my mom who who was always dancing since I was younger. Like she would just put on some music and dance. If you knock on the door, she might be dancing and just like, oh, I'm just dancing, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Love it. it's like, you know, it's- it's mom has got the right idea. Right? There's some wisdom in that Igbo woman, okay. <laughs> you know? But no, I, I think I think your your advice is spot on, and I and I so appreciate it. And we're about to get into our lightning round. Are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Because everybody, as soon as I start asking, they're like, "Oh my God, it's so hard." Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be. I'm, I'm, I'm giving what I got. Let's see what happens. Okay, first question. I'll make this really easy since we're on the Joy Well conversations. What is joy to you? Ooh. Um. Gosh, um, a smile. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I know that I'm feeling joy when I'm smiling. You yes. Know? And I think, you know, what, what brings me joy is mm-hmm. when I feel 
expressed, yeah. you know, really authentically expressed. But you know, the other thing that, that brings me joy, what, it, what joy is to me is feeling at home in my own skin. Yeah. You know, I think it did take a long time for me to really feel fully at home just because all that anxiety that I used to have. Okay, the last book you read. Oh, girl, um, right now, rereading mm -hmm. The Fire Next Time. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'll do that. Yes. <sighs> One person you would have dinner with, alive or dead, right now, social distanced, of course. Oh, um, okay. So probably one of the ancestors that I have only recently come into awareness of, I had somebody reach out to me um, and her, her name was, oh my gosh, she was my great, great grandmother. And her name was Camilla. First name was Camilla. She's got a lot of names. Wow. <laughs> so right now, to be totally honest, I'm blanking on her name because I just talked to my second cousin about this. And she, when I tell you I got a whole wow. history familiar history that is completely new to me. You know, this woman was a teacher. I just have this feeling that I, I want to meet her. I mean, I wish I could meet her and talk to her because I just have this feeling she's pulling strings for me up there. Yeah. And she's pulling, like, I feel like she's like, she's like one of my angels, my guardian angel. What would your sage self say about you right now in this moment? What would she say to you? Oof. Oof. That's tough. Um, she would say, you should go for it. You know, you know, there's that part of me that's like, just play it safe. Just so you can avoid the, you know, but I'm still going to do it. She would just say, just go for it. Step into it. Yes, I love your sage self. Okay, how do you feel your joy well? You know, I will add to what I've already said, my friends, my family. I, when I tell you how important some of my, my friendships are, yeah, in terms of, being tools for my healing yes. you know we are we are support in a way for each other that i i could not i could not I could get through this life without them those fill my joy well those relationships and there's you know there's definitely a, you know a few favorite time of day early morning when it's still super quiet i write the best first thing in the morning so i love that time okay last question if your life were turned into a movie a play, a television series even, or a musical? What would the title of that play, musical, TV series? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, it would be, ah, no, it's good. <laughs> With like five um, exclamation points. <laughs> yes, yes. Coming home. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> No. <laughs> I love it. Wait, who would play you? Would you play you? <laughs> Girl, if yeah. it was now. Don't, don't, don't I look like you'll be a teenager? Right? Right? Woman? I almost want, you know who I'd love to have who? play me? My friend Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> she is so funny. And she, like, when she does impressions of me, she has me rolling on the floor. Like, she is like one she of the. She knows you so well. Exactly. And she's, Funny as hell. So, like, I just feel like I would love for her to play me just so I could, like, have a good old time watching my movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, we got casting for the movie. Now we just need a director. It's all good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Crystal, thank you so much for joining the Joy Well. I appreciate you. you. I love you. I thank you for being a light in this world, honestly, because mm -hmm. it's just... 
I feel like serendipity has brought us together in, in New York, um, before the pandemic, <laughs> like just, and over time, like meeting each other at these certain points in our lives, I just feel like it's a reminder for me, I'll, I'll be honest about this, it's a reminder for me, you're all, you're good, you're good, just keep going, keep going, because I'm seeing my friends, I'm seeing folks who look like me also on a journey and telling themselves, just keep going, you got this, and it's like, we're all in this together, you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in the spirit of liberation and in the, in the movement of liberation for all of us, I think it's so critical, so important. So thank you. Well, thank you for thinking of me. And yeah, it's please. an honor that, you know, I'm uh, to even be asked. So thank you. Oh, so, thank you. Fine, girl. This was such a joyful event. <laughs> I feel like we should have some going out joyful music. <laughs> I know. Yes, girl. You not you got to get the joyful like party music going. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Season two, y'all. Season yeah. two. <laughs> well, here's a little upbeat music to end the episode. I'm grateful to Crystal for joining me at the Joywell and for all of you listening. If you want to check her out and see what she's into, go to Instagram and follow her. She's at C McCreary Yoga. You can also follow us on Instagram at LiveJoyWell to hear about all that's going on at the Joywell and to be a part of the Joywell community. This episode was written and produced by Adane Productions with music from Kevin McLeod. And to all of you listening, remember, love joy, be joy, live joy well. Mm-hmm.